Heavenly Father, blessed be to thy name. Lord, we thank you for the morning. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for another opportunity to make things right with you. Thou art the bedrock upon which we walk. We want to hear lessons from your word this morning, how to direct our feet for today. Guide us, O Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Our High Calling, June 13. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. John chapter 17, verse 21. The Solemn Earnest Prayer of Christ reaches down along the line to our time. What a position is this for fallen man to attain true obedience, oneness with God through Jesus Christ? To what heights we are permitted to rise if we will have respect unto the recompense of the reward? We are to receive power from God that human nature under the divine working may not always be perverted and not always be under the depraving, corrupting influence of sin. Human nature, through Jesus Christ, becomes allied to angels, yes, even to the great God. Those who are truly connected with God will not be at variance with one another. His Spirit ruling in their hearts will create harmony, love, and unity. The opposite of this works in the children of Satan. There is with them a continual contradiction. Strife and envy and jealousy are the ruling elements. The characteristic of the Christian, the meekness of Christ, is the meekness of Christ. Benevolence, kindness, mercy and love originate from infinite wisdom while the opposite is the unholy fruit of a heart that is not in harmony with Jesus Christ. In union, there is strength. In division, there is weakness and defeat. The most convincing argument we can give to the world of Christ's mission is to be found in perfect unity. In proportion to our unity with Christ will be our power to save souls. If we reach the standard of perfection, our peculiar traits of disposition must be molded in harmony with Christ's will. Then we shall sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Brethren will walk together without a thought of collision. Little differences dwelt upon leads to actions that destroy Christian fellowship. Let us keep drawing near to God, and He will draw near to us. Then as one we shall reach upward to Him. The churches will be as gardens of the Lord, under His cultivation. God's people will be trees of righteousness, planted by the Lord and watered with the river of life. Amen. The title of our devotion is... 
united in Christ. Yesterday we looked at unity in diversity and we are still in the same concept of unity that Christ prayed for. Our key text, John 17 verse 21 says, The purpose for which Christ wants us to be united, it is that they all, as we all, may be one. You who are listening to me and we all who are here, Christ wants us to be one. But he has a pattern of that oneness. It's not just any kind of oneness, but he says the oneness is after the similitude of how the Father is in him and he is in the Father. So that's why he says that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. There is a purpose which Christ has in mind, which is that the world may believe that the Father sent him. And our oneness will help that to be achieved. But the oneness that we ought to have, and I'm saying we, that is you listening to me and me who who is talking, we need to be one. It's important that you come into oneness with me and I come in oneness with you. But this oneness is not me and you sitting down and just agreeing to be one. We must be one with Christ, just as Christ and the Father are one. See, if you are one with Christ and I am one with Christ, we'll be one with one another. We'll be united. I don't need to force a unity to occur between you and me. Neither do you need to force a unity to occur between me and you. Just be one with Christ and I be one with Christ and you'll find out that automatically we'll be one with one another. And that is the kind of unity Jesus was praying for here. But we must have this disclaimer that Jesus said, I did not come to send peace on the earth, but division or a sword. And because that's to show you that it's not all kinds of unity that Jesus is referring to here. If we are not united with Christ, then there cannot be unity between me and you. Jesus wouldn't want us to be united outside of the Father, outside of Christ. If I am united with him and you are united with him, then that is the kind of unity he's referring to. But you see, some kind of unity that exists today in the world and in the churches, everywhere we go, that is not in Christ. People have a purpose, but that purpose they have is not after the purpose of Christ. When Christ says he is one with the Father, it is that him and the Father has one goal. They are trying to achieve the same thing, the same purpose. And Jesus made himself subordinate to the Father to give all the glory to the Father for his name to be vindicated and for his will to be done on earth. And that's why in the Lord's Prayer, he said, Thy will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. If my desire is for Christ's will and the Father's will to be done on earth, and that's the same with your desire, guess what? We are going to be united one with another. We need to be united in Christ individually, not collectively. So what does that mean? That means that I have the purpose that Christ had. So when me and Christ has the same purpose, then he transforms my character to be like his. And while you are experiencing that, you also experiencing the same thing. What happens at the end? I being united with Christ, you also being united with Christ, we become one and the prayer of Christ is fulfilled. The first paragraph of our devotion says the solemnest prayer of Christ reaches down along the line to our time. What a position is this for a fallen man to attain true obedience, oneness with God through Jesus Christ. But why we say what a position is because 
what it brings us to is marvelous. The highest height man can attain is to be one with Christ. Because when we go up to that height, we become partakers of the divine nature. When we are one with Christ, we become partakers of the divine nature. And there is no higher level or attainment man can have or man can get than to have the divine nature. And what are the characteristics of this divine nature? All our perversions, our perverted thoughts and actions will be done away with. To what heights we are permitted to rise if we will have respect unto the recompense of the reward, we are to receive power from God that human nature under the divine working may not always be perverted and not always be under the depraving, corrupting influence of sin. This is what it means to be one with Christ, that we are no longer under the law of sin and death, but now we are partakers of the divine nature and become like Christ. Human nature through Jesus Christ becomes allied to angels, yes, even to the great God. Amen. This is what Christ wants for us, to be allied with angels. And that word allied, let me break it down, that is to be one with them to have the same purpose, the same character. You know, in the resurrection, Jesus said that we are going to be like angels. That's what he said. We are going to be like angels in Matthew, I believe that should be Matthew 22, when he was speaking with the scribes and the Sadducees especially, they came to ask him a question about resurrection. And he said in the resurrection, we are going to be like angels, not in form alone, but in character. And that doesn't need to be achieved just at the resurrection but what jesus was referring to in that time was the form but presently god wants us to be united with heaven in purpose in goal in character in mission that we should be one yesterday we already saw what how we can be united in diversity being one doesn't mean that we have exactly the same character we function with the same principle which is the commandments of god none of us is going to steal kill commit adultery Convert his neighbor's property, bear false witness, dishonor anybody. None of us is going to break the Sabbath, have other gods, be idolaters, or use the name of God in vain. But yet, even while we are functioning by this principle, we can still have different characters, dominant traits in us that are different. I may be dominant in the part of maybe compassion, and that person is dominant in the part of forcefulness of character but yet we still keep the same commandments but different dominant traits of character in us so that when we come together we complement each other we become adapted one to another helping each other's weaknesses my strength will help your weakness your weakness is being helped by my strength and your strength will also help my weakness and we become one in christ that's what christ wants but today he wants to tell us how this is achieved united in christ so that our characters are transformed. We are not controlled by the nature of sin anymore. And when this happens, and then I come to unity with you, you find out that we can flow with one another very easily. Why? Because you've achieved unity with Christ, and I also have achieved it in my own little corner. So that when we come together, we are naturally united. I want to emphasize that we should not work for unity among ourselves. Don't try to be united with me and I'm not supposed to try to be united with you. Just be united with Christ and let me also do the same thing and then we'll achieve unity with one another. As opposed to this, you'll find out that if you are not united with Christ, envy, jealousy, hatred, 
variance is what will be seen love for superiority because we have not been united with christ if you are united with christ we'll have meekness rather bible says in philippians 2 verse 1 to 5 that the mind that should be in us is the mind of christ nothing should be done through strife or desire to glorify oneself but let each esteem others as better not equal but better than themselves which is the mind that christ had he esteemed the father better than himself not equal though he was equal so we also know we know though we are equal just like christ though he was equal with the father made himself of no reputation though i am equal with you i make myself of no reputation towards you i esteem you better than myself i'm copying jesus equal with the father but esteemed the father and even us better than himself and gave his life for us that is the mindset i tell you if you have this kind of mindset we will certainly be united we will need to force it but i still want to emphasize that when we try to get unity outside christ no that's not the kind of unity that's been referred to here that one would cause what happened in the tower of babel to repeat itself because those people were united building a tower up to the heavens but then they were not united in christ they were united in a rebellious way and they were going to achieve evil things both for themselves and for the rest of the world that's not the kind of unity god wants to exist among us but for us to preserve this unity we need to be careful in the reading we are told little differences dwelt upon leads to actions that destroy christian fellowship if we want to focus on the areas in your character and my character where we are different but not sinful now i'm different from you in a certain place but yet it's not a sin and i want to form you into my mode or you want to do the same to me it will cause friction so in order for us to be united we must be careful not to dwell upon little differences and make mountains out of molehills things that are inconsequential should not be picked upon let us talk about or focus on the on how we can uh, grow together united and not pointing out the areas of differences which will cause actions that will destroy our christian fellowship again if we must be united remember we must have the same goal the same purpose we cannot have different goals and i just want to say the purpose of life Solomon said it, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Genesis 1.26, God already said that that was his purpose. He created us to be in his image. So if we all have that purpose, which is the reason is to glorify God, because when we are in the image of, of God, we glorify him. So if we all have that purpose, do all to the glory of God, then we will be united and then avoid dwelling on little differences it doesn't say you can't talk about some little differences that maybe may need change here and there but we're talking of dwelling on it hammering on it continuing to talk about it single it out it will cause a reaction destroy christian fellowship in the house that's in the home among children among spouses husband and wife little differences dwelt upon will create create division in the church in the street also the same thing will happen so let us be careful i pray that we all shall achieve unity in christ individually that we may be united one with another amen to be able to achieve this unity in christ which god wants to give to us i believe we need to understand our human nature 
and the limitations, the difficulties that would stand in our way in this journey of being united with Christ. The reading says in first paragraph, that's our high calling 170 paragraph 2, we are to be to receive power from God that human nature under the divine working may not always be perverted and not always be under the depraving, corrupting influence of sin. Human nature. That's where I want us to really understand what is in us that will be a hindrance and which for which we need the help of the Holy Spirit to walk in us. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This is Christ's mindset and we are asked, let this kind of mindset be in us. Verse 4 tells us what it does. Verse 4 says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So this is the kind of mindset that Jesus had. A mind that was thinking about others, selfless. He wasn't thinking about just himself. He thought about what he could do to save man from his um, fall. It required him to be humble, to bring down himself down to our level and suffer as a man, suffer pain, betrayal, cursing, and all manner of ridicule to bring us out. He put us first. Now, this is not the kind of mindset in us, naturally speaking. Why? That's why the Bible says, let this mind that is was in Christ. Our own mindset is a mind of, naturally speaking, is selfish and self-centered. In the book of um, Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, the Bible says, let the wicked man forsake his way and the righteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon verse 8 for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways said the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts so you see, God is recognizing that our thoughts are separate from his own thoughts. Ours is self-centered. And much of the difficulty we have in obeying God or following God is that the way we see things is not the way he sees things. For instance, forgiveness. How can you forgive somebody who has wronged you? How can it be that God himself is paying the sacrifice for a a sin we committed we committed the sin we went against god's law the penalty for that was death and jesus himself is stepping in our position to take our place and then pay the penalty how can you reconcile that it's you who have done the evil that should pay for it in our normal human system it we see it play out you don't expect the president to die for the the citizens of the country who have gone against the law of the land, the law that the constitution has given. It's ridiculous. But that's the character of God now because he knows, God knows that we, even if we pay for our sins, we will not be saved. 
will be lost eternally. He knows the implication of even asking us to pay for it. In order to give us another chance, he puts himself on the line. So if we are not thinking like this, if we don't have this kind of mindset with him, we cannot come into unity or humble ourselves in, in, in times when we need to so that unity can reign. That's his kind of unity. So it's important to understand what's in our mindset that stops us from being united with Christ. Where there will be peace. For instance, Jesus would also say that if they smite you on one cheek, you should turn the other one. Or he'll say if they bid you go one mile, that's in case of force. Go, go twin or go two miles. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those, those who despise, despise you. Pray and curse not. Now, that's not normal to us. It's not. So we need to be united with Christ. That is, accept his way of life. Understand the way he does his things and, and, understand, and believe that it is actually the wiser way. Remember, he is saying that my ways are higher than your ways. And also believe that it's the best way forward if you have anything with that adversary. For instance, in Matthew 5, verse 25, he says, Agree with thy adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any, t- any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. So, there are matters in this, the difficulties you may have with people. Jesus would rather bid for peace and says, See, you don't need to go to court for some of these things. Agree. If an adversary, let's say the policeman arrests you and he wants to force you or take you against um, your will, agree with him. Don't say, let's go there. Let's go and find it out. Follow all peace with all men and whatever will make for peace. Of course, it doesn't mean you will not have a dialogue or discussion, but when you see that the other party is unreasonable and cannot be reasoned with, then let it go. So my point again is, we need to understand Christ's mindset in different situations. The man, One man came to him and said to him, Master, my brother has refused to share the property. Please, come and divide this property. He said, say, man, who made me judge over thee? And then he told him, be well of covetousness. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. So Christ has a way of doing things which makes for peace and unity. It's not cowardice, as some may accuse him. It's not cowardice. It's just the, the principle, the things which, for which he lives for. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And other things will be added unto you. The kingdom of God and the righteousness of the kingdom of God, the principles for by which it, it functions, makes for peace. And so, if we don't identify the differences between our own character and the character of Christ, we will not know how our own individualities or our own personal traits can be a hindrance. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, it gives us some of the traits of our carnal mind. Galatians chapter 5 verses 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, 
which are these adultery fornication uncleanliness lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions heresies envies murders drunkenness revelings and such like of which i tell you before as i have told you that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god so we see all these traits of character in us it is these things that needs to be subdued which the holy spirit will assist us the bible says it is god who worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure so the holy spirit will help us as we identify these traits of character and they want to manifest themselves in different uh, situations the holy spirit will notify and say my brother my sister not this way this is not the way christ would have done this is the way you ought to do and the moment you yield to the spirit of god's of god you find yourself at peace with yourself there will be no turbulence and then you can now of course instead of fighting and having bickering and bitterness with your brother because you have been united with Christ's principle there will be peace there will be peace among you so this unity we are looking for in Christ comes first in being submitted to the principles of Christ and the reading we are promised those who receive Christ receive the power John 1 verse 12 as many as received him to them he gave power to be the sons of God we are to receive power from God that human nature under the divine working may not always be perverted and not always be under the depraving corrupting influence of sin and the promise is human nature through Jesus Christ becomes allied to angels. Yes, even to the great God. Those who are truly connected with God will not be at variance with one another. His spirit ruling in their hearts will create harmony, love and unity. That's if the spirit of God is ruling. Galatians will still tell us fibers as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, being led by the Spirit of God will help us to calm down some of these our own individualities. But my emphasis again is we need to know what stuff we are made of and the potential harm we can cause in any uh, um, Christian organization or in any household of faith. We should know ourselves. And then when those traits are coming up, whether it's bitterness or an unforgiving spirit, you send prayers to God and say, Lord, I can see myself. And as we yield to the spirits moving, we find ourselves in control. We find ourselves subdued. So the spirit is now subdued. Our mind is now subdued to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And there will be unity. So I pray that in union with Christ's strength, in union with Christ's power, all these individual traits of characters that will bring about chaos will be overcome and the work of Christ in our hearts will be made more manifest and will also help other people to know if this brother and this sister that used to be like this and like that 
can be this and this way now. I want this kind of change in my heart. That's the change God wants to work in us. And I pray it will be so. In Christ's name. Amen. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. What a prayer. You understand that Jesus was saying that if they are not united in us, it will be difficult for the world to believe that you have sent me. That their unity is key for the world to see and believe that I am from thee. Romans chapter 12 verse 15 and 16. It says rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one towards another. Beloved, how wonderful the church will be if we were of the same mind. Those who are truly connected with God will not be at variance with one another. So, need not deliberate on the question because you see that the variance that exists in the church is because we are not truly connected with God. The opposite of these work in the children of Satan. There is with them a continual contradiction, strife and envy and jealousy are the ruling elements. It is Satan's studied effort to bring discord among brethren. If thou art the Son of God, turn these stones to bread. Satan is always trying to disrupt the relationship that we are to have with God. If Jesus had done that, then he, he was trying to disrupt the, the unity that existed between the Father and the Son. Talking to, to Eve, he said, Has God said that you should not eat of the tree? He is still doing the same things today, bringing suggestions through his media, the TVs and the newspapers. He's always suggesting the phone in your hand. He's popping up things, bringing suggestions that will disrupt the unity that is supposed to exist between you and Christ. Mark chapter 5. He said, And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwellings among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. And always night and day they were in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones when they saw jesus he realized dimly that one was near who could save him from the tormenting demons fell at the savior's feet worshipped him but when he opened his lips to entreat his mercy the demons spoke to them crying vehemently what have i to do with thee jesus thou son of god most high i beseech thee torment me not you see the demons were speaking through the man but the man wanted to worship in other it was for the man's sake that jesus crossed through that sea 
to deliver the man and he knew that it was not a man speaking it was a demon speaking by this time the disciples had all run away but Jesus rebuked the demons from the man and when the disciples came back from their hiding they saw that a marvelous change had come over the demoniacs light had shone into his mind his eyes beamed with intelligence the countenance so long deformed into the image of satan became suddenly mild and the blood-stained hands were quiet and with glad voices the man praised god for their deliverance now these men were clothed and in their right mind sitting at the feet of jesus listening to the words and glorifying the name of god who had made them whole then something very what you have not happened next he said and when he was coming to the sheep talking about jesus now and the disciples he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him in other words the man wanted to follow jesus who would not want to follow jesus after such deliverance i don't want to go back i'm afraid i want to follow you how be it jesus suffered him not but said unto him go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the lord had done for thee and had had compassion on thee so jesus refused the man to follow him to join the church why one of the reasons could be that the church was not ready to receive him remember they ran away so better stay at home and tell them the wonderful things that i've done where the selfies you know today when new converts come into the church what they see is the worldliness that they were running away from the world they see it in greater measure in the church the selfies the cameras are stay at home where they will not be blazing and be bringing you into the into line where they will be teaching you how to show yourself on the facebook instead of showing you the way to climb jacob's ladder stay at home first and where you can study and lift up your heart in worship undisturbed by the worldliness better stay at home because john's character had not reached the point where he could tolerate you for long without calling down fire from heaven you understand that some anger the feats shown by church members towards those who are erring will cause them to return home so better stay at home because they will run away from you when troubles begin to show up as they ran away from you when you were coming for help as long as judas was among them he will keep suggesting things of a different nature from the plan the plain plan of salvation their thoughts because his thoughts were always downwards edwards seeking for the glories of this world and the love of pomp and display the most convincing argument we can give to the world of Christ's mission is to be found in perfect unity in proportion to our unity with Christ will be our power to save souls acts chapter 2 verse 1 that time when judas had been removed and been replaced after he had removed himself because of his pursuit acts 2 verse 1 says and when the day of pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting 
And so what was the result? They went out to preach in boldness because they are imbued now with the Spirit of the Lord. See, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is oneness. And the priest and then the madman that had been healed can come now because there is unity. The most convincing argument we can give to the world of Christ's mission is to be found in perfect unity in proportion to our unity with Christ will be our power to save souls. In union there is strength, in the vision there is weakness and defeat. What about what is happening in the homes today? All the divorces you see, divorces is divorce, division, that's two visions. When the man has one vision and the woman has another vision, instead of the two becoming one, they, they became one in the marriage but in reality because the visions are different and so you always see perpetual differences in a divided home Avenue's home page 48 rather page 84 i read the happiness and prosperity of the married life depend upon the unity of the parties how can the carnal mind harmonize with the mind that is assimilated to the mind of christ one is sowing to the flesh, thinking and acting in accordance with the promptings of his own heart. The other is sowing to the spirit, seeking to repress selfishness, to overcome inclination and to live in obedience to the master, whose servant he professes to be. Thus, there is a perpetual difference of taste, of inclination and of purpose. Unless the believer shall through his steadfast adherence to principle win the impenitent he will as is much more common become discouraged and sell his religious principles for the poor companionship of one who has no connection with heaven so you see instead of uniting with christ strongly and firmly we are compromising our positions that's what adam did he compromised that's what the church is doing today we're compromising we must be united with christ whatever the price may be we must stand in unity with christ till we come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 we must be like abraham when he found a place where he was supposed to sacrifice isaac he said to the lad that followed them to the man his servant that followed them stay with the asses i and the lad are going yonder she will come to this place where people are refusing to come into unity with christ because maybe they are still misunderstanding the mission but when you see clearly what god is calling you to you must move ahead sometimes people will misunderstand you the more you want to obey god in this world the more strange you will be in the in the sight of men who are not falling in line into obedience so when we see the mission of christ we must be united with him so that we can carry forward that mission even in this world may this be our experience as we pray for the spirit to help our minds to be united with christ Amen. Let us pray. Our dear Lord, 
We thank you because you have recognized our need, and ahead of time you have made a provision for it, and that's that we will all be one. You know the difficulty in our hearts, and I thank you for revealing it to us. I pray, Lord, that every one of us, wherever we are, will be united with Christ. That our hearts shall feel after you. We shall understand the price you have paid, that we that we all may be one, and humble ourselves whenever your spirit is beckoning on us, looking at Calvary, Lord, and humbling ourselves and achieving this aim. We perceive, Lord, it is for your own glory that all these things have been taught us. So, Lord, help us to live our lives to glorify you indeed. Thank you, Father, for these blessings. Bless every one of us wherever we are. Whatever the situations may require us today to humble ourselves, please give us the power as promised. Thank you, Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.